Mac, I just gotta say, thank you for being a guest on the show. Uh, co-host of Critically Optimistic, um, a movie review ch- uh, podcast, uh, and here with me for games now. Um, you have the best podcasting voice I have Thank heard. Thank you very much. That I know personally. I'm really glad to hear that. It's, it's a good voice. <laughs> uh, I've only been told that like once or twice, but now that you've said it, uh, it must be the truth. So Third time's the charm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is one of the few podcasts that I actually take the time to listen to uh, religiously. So I hope you take that to heart. Oh, I do take that to heart. Thank you so much. Not a problem. I'm, I'm now emotional, <laughs> and you will be amazed at uh, the amateur uh, craft uh, at work. No. Because <laughs> you've already, like... No, it's professional. You've already, like, done, like, ten different things to be like, oh, what about these audio levels? What about this? What about that? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to tell you this, Mac. This is a fucking... I'm a fraud. I know. I, I'm a fucking fraud. I, honestly, I annoy people with how perfectionist i i can be unfortunately but it's okay it's still no but that's good for the production value because like i i i'm just i'm just impressed by the production value because that that usually pays off um my my things are sort of slapped together with duct tape hey that's how we fix things in canada so (laughs) i don't don't knock it there you go there you go um so tell us about yourself and specifically tell us about what games you like okay well i'm a father of soon to be three and i live in new zealand congratulations thank you very much um for the new zealand yes congratulations for living in new zealand (laughs) um and i have been playing video games my whole dang life as far as i can remember and i've got that movie podcast that you mentioned other than that i mean my life's pretty pretty normal i think nowadays anyways Define normal, because I'm very curious as to what that is. <laughs> I <laughs> probably will have a nine to five job pretty soon after I'm done uh, school here, and then, um, well, I mean, I'm a guy living in New Zealand with his own house and kids and a wife. I I don't know. This sounds pretty normal to me. I'm not doing anything special. So I just turned thirty in February, and I've got a podcast. So I mean, how <laughs> I'm hitting all the targets there. <laughs> How, how does it feel to be 30? Uh, honestly, it kind of sucks because I started getting a lot of medical problems. This is to get really personal, but I mean, it's part of my life now. So I, I keep getting a lot of medical problems now <laughs> randomly. Like like these are all the presents that uh, turning 30 wanted to give me. It's like, oh, now you have a heart problem. Oh, now you have a bad neck. <laughs> and it just keeps adding up. And I'm like, oh, man. But hopefully it stops. Yeah, I'm getting scared here. Uh, does does New Zealand have a health care? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm covered through the, oh, damn. Through the butt here, so. Uh, well, <laughs> let's let's hope my 30s are uh, much more forgiving, or else it won't be. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, what video game? Uh, in a normal life, how many video games are you able to play? Normally, before my kids, I was playing video games all the time, Um, to a point where it might have been a problem, but I kind of like to touch on almost everything. So nowadays, I would say that I'm usually just playing one video game here and there, and then maybe I have a multiplayer one on the side, because I think that's what everybody does now, is they have their main, and then they also have that multiplayer one they play with friends all the time. And that's that. So, like, could you give examples? Well, yes. Unfortunately, because it works, the... 
I'm not even. I'm not even going to say it. I've been playing Fortnite with some what? of my friends. <laughs> there you go. No, do not be ashamed. This is a whatever whatever you play podcast. Hey, Fortnite's free. Yeah, and it's fucking. Free. And the only reason I started playing though is because they started doing the no build mode. And me and my my friends back in Canada remembered that the lag difference is actually done really well. Like, there's not a lot of lag for a shooter. Um, and I can easily, like, help out in the team. Like, I'm not dying constantly. So we've been playing that because I hate the build mode. But no build mode's there, and it's actually decent. I agree. Like, it's a decent game without it. Uh, I You know, all right. Spoiler alert, dear listener. I have once upon a time played Fortnite as well. I I roomed with a guy who played Fortnite before it became a battle royale. Back when it was like a tower yeah. thing, like just a base builder thing. Yeah. Anyways, um the building aspect does suck and especially when you get to people who are really good and use it as yeah. part of combat yeah. where they like build stairs and shit and you're like, "Oh no." I've, and then I just got sniped and I'm dead. I've never had a video game make me feel more old than Fortnite build mode because kids like make these amazing towers in two seconds and i'm just here trying to like click the right button to remember how i build a wall so it's just a no go there but then when it comes to actually playing the no build mode well i just got a lot of experience and i seem to win all the time which is not like me boasting it's actually me surprised i it's like the one battle royale where i get victories all the time so what other battle royales have you played all of them all of them because I started off with PUBG and now it's kind of like curiosity of like, how is this different? Like I've even tried the Rumble Royale that just came out on Epic and it's just um, a fighting battle royale game. And I actually go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say it's not bad, but it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um I preferred PUBG to Fortnite for a lot of reasons. And like when Fortnite first came out as a battle royale, it didn't do vehicles. And I liked the vehicle aspect to PUBG. Um, I just liked stuff like that. But then I got the one I got most into was Apex Legends. Um, I thought that one was like super satisfying. And I liked like the three person teams and stuff. I don't know. It, it, it was it was fine enough for me. But at a certain point in time. Uh, I, I sort of took a backseat to it. Yeah, I, I did Apex, and uh, my buddies wanted to play a lot of Apex as well, too, because it was just the... It seemed like the right proper game to get into. But I have this thing with shooters. If the the hit mechanics don't feel right, like when I shoot someone, I have to feel that way of like, I hit them, you know? And if that game doesn't have that for any shooter, I just cannot get into it. And Apex didn't have that for me, where if I hit a target, I felt like I wasn't, like there wasn't a connection there where I, I knew I was hitting them properly, and I just gave up on it, so. There need there needs to be an impact and like a sort of recognition mm -hmm. in your brain. Um, I was also going to ask, to tie that in, because like the way you phrase like the Fortnite thing, do you think you operate a lot on muscle memory in these things? Because it feels like you being able to stomp people outside of build mode sounds like a build mode is like 200 IQ zoomer shit. And like with guns in like in one room, it sounds like muscle memory. Like, Oh, I've been playing this shit for 20 years. Yeah. I know what the fuck to do. Well, I think, I think it mostly comes from the fact that I've put in way more hours than I'd like to admit into counter-strike. And there you go. Yeah. Oh, that'll do it. That'll fucking do it. Yeah. My, my, one of my best friends actually, actually two of my best friends used to play professionally. And so being on their Damn. teams, 
taught me a lot uh, with sort of those shooter aspects. But shooters nowadays, when it comes to multiplayer, are so different. And I think with Fortnite taking the no build out, I really hate that I've talked this much about Fortnite. With Fortnite taking the no held out so much, it just it kind of simplified it because they got rid of their gimmick. And it's like, okay, it's just shooting. Like, it's just you pick up a gun and shoot people. And that I, I know how to do. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What other game? Well, you said there was like a primary game and then there was like a side game you played. What was the side game? Uh... Well, I mean, Fortnite would be the side game, technically. But the primary... Okay, so what's the main yeah, game? The main game would be... Uh, at the moment, I'm playing Enter the Gungeon just because it's quick and easy. And I haven't actually beat it because I suck at it somehow. I love roguelike games. Or roguelite games, I should say. Um, but there's some that I'm really good at. And then there's some that I'm not good at. And Enter the Gungeon is one of those. And I kind of want to get good at it. But slowly because <laughs> i'm not that dedicated i think enter the gungeon is satisfying in a skill sense i sometimes i get frustrated by certain uh games in that genre by like do i feel like rng matters more than my skill mm. a lot of times i i ask that question or it it can definitely be the case with that i actually just want to touch on that a little bit because that's kind of why i like them though is because Sometimes because of the rarities, you'll have cases where you, you go through it over and over and over again. And you might get bored, but then that next time you play, all of a sudden it's like, I got the best crap because RNG was on my side. And it's kind of like that uh, like dope, <laughs> dopamine rush, right? You, you get it and you're like, okay, I want to keep doing this. Um, and I think that's not a good reason <laughs> as to why I want to keep playing that. But that is the reason why I want to keep playing it. No, no, I mean, like that could, I mean, that is technically textbook good game design where it's like sufficient rewards um it and it's not that you don't have skill in it so then i'm sure you'd like like binding of isaac binding of isaac is like really good into yeah. like being able to get into like a good role yeah you know what i mean that's one i have played a lot and i'm not bad at because i've beaten it uh quite a number of times but i don't i don't know if there's anyone out there who could say that they really feel good at it you know what I mean? Like it's one of those the games. Shooting where... is so imprecise. Yeah. Yeah. What other roguelikes do you play? Uh, or have you played? Hades. Oh well, you know Risk of Rain too. Me and Risk of Rain too. That's the only yes. one that I could oh say I'm really good at. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the one. Every time I go on the video game thing, I just see it. oh Max talking about Risk of Rain too. <laughs> That's just because I can get the God Mode runs really easy without. Like any cheats or no, nothing, I I like. I, there's lots of times when I'll die, but there is that is the perfect roguelike uh, game that skill can play a rig, really big role in just being good at it, and I I love that. I think the most interesting part for me about Risk of Rain Two um, is the classes. I I think for me I I like there to be like some sort of element of my choice mattering, especially in terms of like starting out. So that way I'm confident and it's like, even if this is a bad run, I can do okay. And I think with classes mm -hmm. and those specific characters, you're able to sort of like build that experience to like have, okay, I have a general build idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There, so. Yeah. There is a lot of builds that you have to aim for when it comes to your class in Risk of Rain, which is why it works. Like obviously you'd be loader, and you just pick up everything that's going to help you like one shot things. And then there's engineer and you just pick up your heels. But then you like after a while, you played it so many hours like I have, you start to think outside the box. Like everybody does the normal engineer, 
like stationary turrets. I never play with the stationary turrets anymore. I always play with the mobility turrets because I like loading them up on um, uh, the quicker movements. And then after a while, they just become these like sonic, <laughs> like literal sonic replicas. And they just run up to everything and blow them up. Um it, it's the creativity you can get with the new items. And I think with more DLCs, it's going to become harder, but also more entertaining to to play that game. So I'm looking forward to that. And, that, and that's also what's nice about roguelikes is like, sometimes you look at a game and you're like, what the fuck is DLC going to do to this? Mm-hmm. But a lot of times roguelikes like really need content. So then like, or refinement of mechanics or whatever. So DLC is like perfect for the genre. Just like every time. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah, it really is. I The only time I can really think that DLC doesn't help uh, in a case is probably with, uh, I think with Binding of Isaac personally, because the guy kind of shoves off, uh, shoves too much into his games sometimes. Uh, I can't remember his name. I'm terrible with names. I've mentioned this on my podcast Ed- before. Edmund McMillan, yeah. I believe, of Team Meat. I'm I'm pretty sure I might have gotten that wrong too. No, I I think you're right. I've bought like most of his board games as well. Like I have his Tapeworm board game, and that's a really fun board game. Oh. But the guy definitely tends to overcomplicate his games a little bit too much. Like there's. Uh, I can I can agree with that. I'll I'll give one good example before moving on from this. So is in his Tapeworm game. It's super simple, but yet he added these uh, extra tapeworm like heads that do these special abilities. Honestly, I have no idea how to actually use them in the game. There's no instructions on them. It's just they're there. And I oftentimes move them to the side because it's like, I don't, what do I do with these? Like, there's no, I don't, no one's telling me what to do with these. So I just, they, they look cool, but I just move them to the side. And that's his games in a nutshell. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, my my main experiences were uh, Super Meat Boy and then I Binding of Isaac. And like, there's like two different editions of Binding of Isaac. I played the normal like Flash-esque one a lot more than I did the uh, Rebirth. So I can't actually speak to the new content when he started adding that stuff. But um, and then I also played the Basement Collection. And I think there's like a normal game of Tapeworm on there. But the only one I really vividly remember from the Basement Collection, other than like the normal Meat Boy and some of his new ground games, was uh, the one where you vomit and like you use it to like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a body humor episode. <laughs> just, yeah. just looking at the docket here. <laughs> um <laughs> But, but like, I th- I think it's like vomitorium or something. And like, you just use it to like, it's like a water physics game with puke where you use it to propel yourself like Super Mario Flood and Sunshine, or you use it to swim. Like, it's weird. It's weird as fuck. I actually but remember, I like, I like no, the game I remember what you're talking yeah. about too. It's been so long, but you're, you're making my brain like <laughs> go into places I haven't thought of for a long time. <laughs> the New Grounds Arena. Yeah. <laughs> I played a lot of Newgrounds games back when I was a teenager. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I, w- I was big into the Newgrounds thing. Um, like, I got really big into, like, the Behemoth stuff, um, obviously. So, like, Alien Hominid, Castle Crashers, those are all my shits. Love them. So, well, yeah. I'll and then since I did the past and I did the present, let's talk about the future because I have a plan. I have a plan of games that I want because school has taken up so much of my time and I really want to dedicate myself. Obviously, I got to think of my kids and my wife. So I haven't been playing much um, and I got all this other stuff going on. So I keep thinking, 
this is what I'm going to play when I'm done school and I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to play all of the, um, well, I'm going to play Death Stranding. I, I, I've played it before and I feel like I need to play it again because I think that game is underappreciated <laughs> personally. That's fair. Um, and I'm also going to play uh, Yakuza, <laughs> the Yakuza series. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was, well, I was gonna say Murph. Uh, Murph is playing through the Yakuza games. I think the podcast yeah. sort of killed his like because what what he does is what you like what you were about to do the plan where it's like you dedicate yourself to a franchise to sort of appreciate it and all yeah. that. He hasn't played Yakuza in a mean minute, so I've actually been ig- ignoring all of his posts uh, because of the plan. Like I had it before he started talking about it. I was like, "Dang it, Murph, you're gonna spoil stuff for me." And I was like, "I, I, I just you had it before it. it was cool." Yeah, well, I I've never really played it. Like I've played Yakuza Zero, and I never beat it because I think I started playing it as I was coming into school. And then obviously I had to be like, no. Um, and I also made the mistake of playing it on the hardest difficulty. I do this with all of my games <laughs> and they take longer because of it. So, you know, what game broke me on that? I don't know if you've played it or not. What the game that broke me on it was Bioshock infinite. Yeah, I did. I did that on the hardest difficulty as well. When I first got it. Yes. I played it on 1997 mode and that game it made me realize that sometimes it's not. Yeah, weird. it's. Does that make sense? I did it. Did you do it? Yes, I, I I beat it completely. But like at the end of it, I felt like, oh, I just wasted time. Yeah, I actually. I didn't feel. I didn't feel like I achieved. No, it, you and know? the thing that really sucked with that too, because it used to be back in the day when they really did it, is if you did the hardest uh, mode, you got like some sort of gift, you got an achievement out of it. I don't think they did. They, I think they did give it for the the hardest, hardest one that you were talking about, but um, yeah, you had to play it at some other difficulty before that, before you can unlock that mode, if I recall correctly. You could do it with a cheat. Oh right, okay, there you go. You could do it with the Konami. Code. Yeah, yeah, but but yes, normally yes. Um, either way though, like yeah, I think a lot of times nowadays they they sort of give up on that stuff. Uh, you'll see it a lot in. Uh, like Dark Souls games or just like random games in general where sometimes the hardest thing in the game doesn't have an achievement for the sake of them knowing that nobody will get it. Sometimes they do though. Yeah. So it's nice. Yeah. Um, do you like achievements in games? I do. I honestly like them because I don't know. It kind of like after you're done playing the game and you appreciate it, you kind of look at the achievement list and you go, how can I brag a bit? Um, and I, I, <laughs> definitely like to do that because i'm gonna be honest like i'm good at multiplayer games but i i'm so competitive that if i can't be the best then i often give up like i I just don't want to do it so i think achievements are kind of that way of me being like look how good i got at this game (laughs) while i was playing it and then i could just kind of point to it and be like there's proof right there It, it existed at one point so yeah yeah. Meanwhile, I waste time on podcasts instead. <laughs> I well, either way. I wish I didn't get so obsessed with like some of the achievements because some of the ones I've tried to dedicate myself getting have taken a long time. <laughs> so yeah. Um, the ones I like the most aren't even like the. Di- I like the ones that are like unique journeys or unique sort of milestones. I like the Dead Rising ones for that reason. I liked uh. 
killing a certain number of zombies in a in a run or just like unique stuff like that where you shoot for a specific goal and it's not necessarily like the hardest difficulty or you beat a level mm -hmm. it's much more you know either tied to the game story or tied to just like a fun goofy reference yeah. or whatever those are the times where i think like achievements matter those those are I will uh, definitely agree with you on that. Those are the most fun ones to get. And I love that Steam does the thing where if you go to global, you could see which ones people don't have the most of because then you could just aim for those ones like 0.1%. And uh, it it's kind of fun because then it's like, oh, it goes in a special spot on my Steam profile and yada, yada, yada. I'm 30. I shouldn't give a shit about this, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that reminds me. You say Steam. I think my favorite achievement of all time is probably the gnome in Half-Life 2 episode 2. Oh yeah. Um I don't know if you played that or not. But like at the start of the at the start of that game, it's not a long game, but at the start of it there's a gnome and if you carry that gnome all the way to the fucking end, mm. you get an achievement. And it's so stupid because it's just a fucking gnome, but it matters to me. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think those were one of the earlier achievements that Steam ever had on the um on their um services. Yep. 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 It was it was an old achievement back in the day. Mm. Um so those were the plans. Do you do you feel like being a dad, especially of a future third child, uh, do you think that's going to hinder your uh, ambitions? No. I'm, I think I'm starting to get to a new chapter of my gaming uh, life, which is my son has now basically conquered the Switch. Like, he's t taken it away from me. And he's beaten Mario Odyssey, I swear to God, like 15 times. Um and now he's starting to play Minecraft and all these other different games. And I I had the thought the other day, like, I want to play, um, what's the game? Uh, what, like a Roller Coaster Tycoon game with him. Because it's, it's yes. a good game. Oftentimes what he does with Minecraft especially is he plays creative mode. But if he plays survival, I have to play it because the monsters scare him. And keep in mind, for anyone listening, my son is five. So obviously uh, the monsters are going to scare him a little bit. But I... He's five years old and he beat Mario Odyssey. That's actually yeah, impressive. Yeah, he's better than I am at it. And I used to do those balloon challenges all the time. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so he he's wanting to play Minecraft, obviously, because he's five and kids at school yada 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 but i have to play it majority of the time and he just watches me and i don't necessarily want to play minecraft because i have a love-hate relationship with it i don't want to get into it i just think it's a waste of time ultimately uh, long story short um just because okay. you could spend hours making this perfect thing and then ultimately it's like i don't know it's it's like worse than any other video game i've ever experienced it's like you could spend all these hours into it and it really doesn't mean anything like it means nothing well, well, to be fair, to be fair, Mac, you could spend hundreds of hours in any game but, and have it mean anything. What, what it matters is if it matters to you in your heart. I see. I got memories <laughs> to hold with all these things, which is going to bring us into our main game. But yeah, so I want to play a roller coaster tycoon game with my son because I think that's the perfect like side, like watch someone play, but you're both playing because you both have a, a say in it, you know? So we're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, put the put put the bathroom right over here, Dad. I need people to shit. Well, he's where probably they gonna eat. make me a roller, make me do a roller coaster where everybody dies. I have to imagine that's gonna be <laughs> something he'll make me do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Bones's wild ride. Yeah. Um, let me ask you. Maybe maybe you're more in the know of this 
this forbidden game i it's not forbidden i just I, I have nieces and nephews and they play this game and i don't know anything about it do you know about roblox? Uh, no i don't know anything and i hope i i hope i never ever have to really know about roblox like i know i think just as much as you i don't want to know anything else it, it sounds scary because it's like because that's what i see the kids playing instead of minecraft well, at least where i'm at so i'm like oh this is you know what it reminds territory. me of is a more advanced version of habo hotel I yes yes absolutely and that's actually yeah. scary if you think about it because I think they can yeah, talk to yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> this is just a concerned dad podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. Just parenting techniques. <laughs> Those roadblocks. Uh, I don't trust them. So you had a foundation in shooters, but like we're not talking about shooters now, and like. When I looked at like your your like suggestions list for this episode, they were mostly like yeah. Well, a majority of the games that I do enjoy are sort of like that single player adventure game because um, those are truly what I grew up with. I I only had a Nintendo, uh, like just all the Nintendo systems for the longest time before getting a PlayStation because my dad. My dad had a PlayStation growing up and my parents were divorced. So when I saw my dad, he would often just play the games he had. Right. But those were like Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil, Silent Hill. Like I wasn't allowed to play them, but he let me watch because I don't know. My dad wanted to scar me with the cinematic <laughs> opening to Resident Evil, which I still think about to this day. Rock and roll. <laughs> um, it's kind of sick, though. Yeah, I loved watching him play Metal Gear Solid. I've the reason I love that game so much is because of him. And I truly so to get back to the, what I was originally saying, I truly started off with those sort of Nintendo platformers and um especially like on the N64 playing those sort of platformers, the 3D ones. Uh Banjo and Kazooie is a huge part of my mm -hmm. life and we could easily do an episode on that, but um that's not what we're doing. Yeah. Banjo-Kazooie is, like, my favorite, like, 3D platform. I think Banjo-Kazooie won specifically. I think it's, like, one of those, like, perfect games. I even argue for Banjo-Tooie, honestly. Like, uh, I, it's so much that and Donkey Kong 64. But D Donkey Kong 64 yeah. has its problems. <laughs> those, those are games where it's below. <laughs> yeah. I would say those are perfect. <laughs> they're big. Yeah. I think they're ambitious and re in really cool ways. And I think... Uh, yeah, I think that's those are super awesome. Um, I like Tui more than yeah. Donkey Kong sixty four, but we're going to talk about Donkey Kong sixty four later, so we'll see what happens. Um, but then, do you not like like I you do like two D games? Because spoiler alert for Skull Monkey, Skull Monkeys mm -hmm. is a two D platformer. Um, so like, did you play like Super Nintendo? Yeah, I did. Like I that? oftentimes would just I don't know how, but I have these memories of being in this person's attic and playing uh, like so much Nintendo, like almost like the entire catalog that Nintendo ever had in uh, uh, their history. I cannot remember where this building is. And I still think about it to this day. It's like, how did I play these many video games? Yet I don't know where the heck I played them. <laughs> it's like I was kidnapped and I don't remember any of the bad stuff, but they let me play Nintendo. Do you do therapy? <laughs> I should. Yeah. I really should. <laughs> Maybe there's some repressed memories in there. I'm not going to pry. It's, it's not my business. I play video games. <laughs> um, 
I took a boat to get there, but honestly, I took a boat to get anywhere where I'm from, so that's not such yeah. a big Because, like, Skull Monkeys, like, the number one game Skull Monkeys reminded me of, I, we're already, like, not to go too much into it, was Donkey Kong Country. Donkey Kong Country is, like, the one I was like, oh, this is what it plays like. Um, so, like, that was, yeah. and I really like Donkey Kong Country as, as a game. Yeah, I I started off with a lot of those cheap games. Like, I started off with Mario. I think everybody started off with that Mario Duck Hunt sort of combo. Yep. Um, but a lot of the games that people had, like I distinctly remember playing Wayne's World, which was a platformer. Damn. Um, yeah, that was for the Super Nintendo. And then I played a lot of like those ones that you just, no one remembers or talks about and for good reason. But I mean, they were just hard as heck and they weren't that popular. I remember playing like the popular ones like uh, Contra and all that stuff, but I have more memories of the ones that weren't popular. And I think that's just because those are the ones that people had more readily available. Maybe they were cheaper. I'm not quite sure, but I know like the Batman games and like the Spider-Man, like the Sega Genesis and, uh, Batman uh, animated series game is fucking sick. <laughs> all of the Simpson ones. Uh, I played those ones. Uh, virtual Bart. Those Virtual Bart is like my first yeah. memory of video game. That's like one of those vague basement <laughs> memories, like you just said. Where it's like, yeah. how did I play that? Yeah. I was like a baby. Um, no, and uh, like I remember for the second Genesis, I also had. Do you know Cool Spot? That's the Seven Up uh, dot. He had his own game, and he has like sunglasses. It was super fun. That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I remember that guy. Yeah. And that makes me think of like the Pepsi Man stuff Ooh. and the, the Ronald McDonald game stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this podcast is going all over the place. <laughs> you, have, I, I've played so many video games that I've come to a part where I'm also proud and ashamed at the same time. <laughs> you know, it for me, it's like a cycle where it's like I've played so many games. It's like. It, go, it goes in waves now where it's like, I'm now super proud of myself. And then, like, I look in the mirror at night and then the depression hits. And then, like, later on, I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, I play video games, son. Uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's the, the loop. Everybody, everybody be proud of yourself for loving video games because video games are great. They're a media uh, art form that is never going to die. It's only going to get better from here. I agree. But also, and I honestly believe that. But also, uh, you know, T take a page from Mac and live a normal life as well. Don't dedicate your entire life to it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I like fishing. I like hiking. Go do that. Go do that stuff too. Have you ever played a fucking fishing game? I actually like fishing games. I like fishing oh, mini I, games too. Wow. I don't know how much I could steer us off the road, but I was really looking forward to um, the new fishing game that was coming out. Uh, what was it called? I don't it know. It was the... It, was, it literally was just coming out. Me and my best friend were talking about it because we were going to get it. And then the reviews came in. It was by the Call of the Wild. Yeah, that's what it is. Call of the Wild, the angler. And um, they're the ones who do the hunting game. And Ooh. we were happy to do the hunting game because that was free. And we actually enjoyed it. And we love fishing games, like simulator fishing games. So we were going to get that one when it got announced. Literally got announced. or Sorry, got released the other day. And all, like, all of the reviews are negative like it's <laughs> it's so bad yeah it's devastating so we we didn't buy it um i was so looking forward to it too but yes i do play uh simulator like fishing games because 
I like that stuff as well. There's not a single category of game that I don't like, I don't think. It's peaceful. You know, and it, that's the nice yeah, thing is. about fishing. <laughs> that is going to be a fishing podcast. <laughs> I could I could go into that too. Just but, have a lot of podcasts and I'll be on them. <laughs> I, I, I grew up with fishing because my dad was like, I lived in Florida. So like I was near a beach the whole time. So like just fucking uh, memories of fly fishing and shit. Us, oh, it's, it's great. It's great time. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a difference for me. I grew up around lakes all the time. So. Yeah, that's, that's probably better to fish though. Sometimes, sometimes fishing uh, in the deep ocean sucks, um, and I, also it's hot. I like it now that I got to New Zealand. Uh, sorry, I'm not gonna go this far off to uh, yeah. Video games are video there is, games. There is no road. You think there's a road map? <laughs> <laughs> it is either this or know. we go right into the variety minute. We could do the variety minute. I don't mind because I could keep talking about different games I've played for forever. All right, so it's variety minute time. So the Variety Minute this week, y'all, is uh, comedic songs and video games inspired by our uh, title uh, game here today, which we'll talk about when we get there. But like, I I think I think humor is like really important in video games. Like audio in general is like a really big part of the sensory immersion experience. But humor is also like an immersion breaking thing. But it really helps with the tone. I don't know. I like I like funny songs. It's goofy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 my first experience with it is from the video game that we're going to be talking about. And I try to think of other ones. And then you mentioned the DK rap, which is like, I don't think anyone will ever forget that song. iconic it is iconic and it was also made as a joke and then somehow when grant kirkhope <laughs> freaking turned on the game and he heard his joke like the game literally opened with his joke song he's like what wait what what happened what happened here <laughs> i love that fact I, I i love grant kirkhope uh, uh, to go back to banjo kazooie and stuff he, he's a very talented guy uh mm-hmm. love his songs and the dk rap is so stupid um, mm-hmm. I like how there's like a single long portion to it. That's how you're able to remember it. It's because the lines at the bottom just go on and that, and then like you see the different Kongs and they got the different, like I remember Chunky, I think his name is Chunky, pretty sure. Um, he's got like the big Afro. Oh my God. It's so fun. So fun. Was his name Chunky? 
I think it was Chunky. Wow, you got me questioning it too. I know Lanky Kong. I remember him. Lanky Kong's the orangutan. Um, yeah. For the deep lore, Lanky Kong is like the lighter orangutan. There are orangutans in Donkey Kong Country, and they're called Manky Kongs. Um, ah. the, my is, my issue is, I think Chunky is in Donkey Kong sixty four, and I think his, I think the one I'm confusing with is Baby Kong in Donkey Kong Country three. I'm sorry to go yeah. on this tangent, everybody. Yeah, but like, actually, there's yeah, just you're, some you're big right. dumb gorillas in these games. And the, they got the song to prove it too. <laughs> I, <laughs> I really like the DK rap, and I'm kind of glad they put it in Smash Bros. too. I agree, ten yeah. out of ten. Um, did you did you ever play Conquer's Bad Fur Day? I oh, that's one game that I I have played it, but I didn't play it when I was growing up because my mom, the freaking lady. Okay, little tiny story. I went to go get it at the store because it was like going to be whatever, like a special gift for me, and my mom was like, "Yep." I'm going to get it. And then the lady at the counter looked at me and then she looked at my mom and she's like, do you know what the rating is on this game? And I was like, no. She <laughs> and so it I up. never, she fucked it up for you. I never got to play it when I was growing up. I didn't play it until I was, I forgot about it. So I didn't play it until I was in my twenties. Yeah. 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 It's fine. Um, I was going to mention the iconic great mighty poo song. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I do know that song. Me, 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 me. I am the great mighty Pooh, and I'm going to throw my shit at you. A huge supply of tish comes from my chocolate starfish. How about some scat, you little twat? Do you really think you'll survive in here? You don't seem to know which creek you're in. Sweet corn is the only thing that makes it through my rear. How do you think I keep this lovely grin? Now I'm really getting rather mad or like a niggly tickly shitty little tag nut. When I've knocked you out with all my bab, I'm going to take your head and ram it off my butt. Your butt. My butt. Your butt. That's right, my butt. Ugh. My butt. My butt. I think that's like the most iconic bit of the game, too. Mm -hmm. um, I think toilet humor is just like, do you find toilet humor funny? I guess my question to you. Yeah, I do. And my wife definitely does. So I think I've appreciated it more now because it's the stuff my wife laughs at like the most. So, yeah, I, I think I think farts are funny and I like burps and like for me so that it works in Skull Monkeys. The great mighty poo gets a little too gross for me. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the corn teeth. Maybe it's... I don't know. It's, the great... It's, it's possible. The Great Mighty Pooh... No, you're right. The Great Mighty Pooh's corn teeth is probably the grossest. Like, it's funny to joke about poop. Uh, then when you actually see a poop talking to you, that's when you're like, yeah, this is gross. Like, um, <laughs> South the, and all of the South Park games and stuff like that have uh, Mr. Hanky, right? Mr. Hanky. Yeah. And that's when you really get into like, there's some soundtracks that we could talk about with that there, uh, with the, all the South Park like shooter that was on the N64 and even the newer games. I only played Stick of Truth. I didn't get to play. I haven't played like the Nintendo 64 games or the, uh, they had like a tactic superhero one. 
Yeah. I, I don't uh fractured but whole. I didn't I, 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 I didn't I haven't played it yet either, actually. I keep thinking like maybe I will, and then that's as far as we go. <laughs> it's... Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it goes, you know. Um there's a there's a lot of uh there's a lot of just random games here that I that I wrote down a list. The one that I didn't play, but I need to include a sample of in the podcast is one called Crazy Chocobo from Final Fantasy 13 2. This is a metal this is like a chocobo you know what a chocobo is, right? Yep, I do. Even though I'm very much like so uh baby like I don't know anything about Final Fantasy. This is crazy about but, me as a gamer. I I've that's a one game I've just like not touched. Well, don't worry. As long as you know what a chocobo is, which is like an ostrich chicken. Yeah. Um, uh, th- there is a side quest in Final Fantasy 13 too, where you have to like, I guess, r- ride a crazy chocobo. And there's a metal song that plays with uh, some crazy lyrics. And um, now I'm going to play it for you. Yeah, that shit's crazy. Um, there's also some other ones. Um, I guess to I'm gonna broaden it to humor real quick. Um, what what are some of the games you've generally laughed at? Generally laughed at? I laughed at how like, do stupid. Do you find Borderlands funny? No, I don't. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think there's ever a time that Borderlands actually made me laugh. I'm deadpan the whole whole game. I'm just thinking about getting better loot. It's annoying too. Yeah, it is, especially Claptrap. The only time I've ever th- found Claptrap funny, and let's talk about n- not humorous soundtracks, but the um, Poker Night games that the Telltale made. Those yes, those Poker are Night funny. Yeah, those are funny uh, games. And Claptrap is more. Um, you're you're easier. It's he's easier to digest somehow playing poker. I have no idea how that works, but he's better <laughs> there. <laughs> I think the writing is better, just period. Yeah. I legit think that's what it is because they're different people. Yeah, I think Um, you're right, yeah. Humor in games goes, like, into weird tones. Um, I was going to list Explosion Man and Comic Jumper. Um, Those games are really good with, like, their scripts and stuff by uh, Twisted Pixel. I I was, like, super into these games on the Xbox Live Arcade. And they have some really good songs. Hello. 
Let's take a look at all them stats. You certainly been a busy boy, haven't you? played these do you no, know anything about these i do know about the explosion man games i didn't ever play them and i think it might have been because could you buy it off the shelf i think it started off as a download no. game though didn't it yes it's only a download game yeah. yeah so i think that was before like way before i ever really downloaded a game on a console i only did it like on a pc and even back then i think when it came out it wasn't that common yeah would you call yourself a pc gamer primarily now yeah uh if you ask me that like when say I was no younger. yeah no no i sorry sorry i said that would have been a very kiwi thing for me to do but um no i said now now i would yeah um yeah but if you ask me that like a long time ago maybe when i was in my teens i would definitely say i was a console gamer that's how i started so yeah yeah um and there's some other ones here. We got Elite Beat Agents and Parappa the Rapper. Yeah, Parappa um, the Rapper. I like Parappa the Rapper a lot. It's mm-hmm. fucking sick. Yeah. Um, they're not necessarily even like super comedic. They're just wacky. You know what I mean? Um, but the, but the I, I just punch enjoy song. them. It's all in the mic. If you wanna test me, I'll show you find the things I'll teach you. Be sure to beat you. But nevertheless, you'll get a lesson from teacher. Now kick, kick, punch, punch, jump, tap, block, block. Once more, now kick, kick, punch, punch, jump, tap, and block. I was bad. I'm still bad at uh parappa the rapper and i i used to think i had a memory of parappa when i was a kid being like why can't i do this it's so dang difficult i must just be too young for it and now i play it again it's like oh it's not that i was young the game's rhythm is just not well uh implemented no it's it's not great and if i don't know which version you played i'm guessing the playstation one but like yeah they're both a little wonky the playstation portable one is like super bad Oh, really? Oh, wow. In terms of rhythm timing. That's not good at all. (laughs) Yeah. I like the the game, but the problem was it was too difficult. And I I think that might have been almost something they did on purpose because the game's so short. So, I don't know. (laughs) Um, There's also, like, did you play Portals 1 and 2? Yep. Yeah, I love... uh, Uh, You know what's crazy? I just played Portal 2 last night because... I I was looking at my Steam page and I saw that it said one workshop item. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> like, I never made anything before. And then I saw it. I was like, oh, it's that portal level I made. So I downloaded Portal 2 just to play my old level. 
Making a note here, huge success. It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Aperture science. We do what we must because we can. For the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. But there's no sense crying over every mistake. You just keep on trying till you run out of cake. And the science gets done, and you make a neat plan for the people who are still alive. I'm not even angry. I'm being so sincere. things work like that but anyways like the ends of portal one and two uh they commissioned jonathan colton to do songs and like they're not funny but they're pretty good i i included them here to pad the runtime i think i actually think they're funny in the sort of half-life uh steam they're clever you know like they're clever yes. lyrics as opposed to well yeah. it's the same with the uh skull monkeys song as well we might as well talk about that one right now because it's it's gonna go into the the, the actual um, game, but Terry Scott does the soundtrack for Skull Monkeys, and there is a bonus song, which is a comedy song, um, and that song is more clever and like fourth wall breaking than it is like actual like you know fart jokes and just trying to like really just trying to make you laugh with the the simplest stuff. It's gonna play right now. Here's a little bonus tune about collecting real cool stuff. Yes, here's a little bonus room where you can play. Don't be frightened, don't run away. 
away You can linger Cause I'm your video friend Think of me as a father figure With a hand to lend Here's a little bonus room Where you don't have to worry Take your sweet time You need not hurry Oh, you're looking incredible You're the bomb And me, I'm kind of like your dad And a little like your mom There are no monsters here Hey, wait, look over there <laughs> I was just kidding Don't be scared when you turn this game off in the real world once again. Okay, and then yes. Um I, I liked that and I I think the bonus song is like the premiere song. Honestly, for like it was the highlight of the game. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I love I um, love that song. When I was a kid, that song used to scare me though. And I think you know why. Oh yeah, because there's the the jump scare in the song, which yeah. is the weirdest thing like anyone's ever done to a song before. Is just putting a friggin' jump scare in there, and it actually got but to me. And he said he was just kidding after. He was like, "I was just, I was just having fun." It's the guy. You know what's the strangest thing about it though? If you play it as a kid, you really do feel like it's like some 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 really nice dad like just being like good job <laughs> he's proud of you he's really there yeah back then he was yeah <laughs> um the bean song i'm like it's it's funny but like I, i'm a little done with it beans in the cinematic um yeah that one that one's funny too i actually honestly think about the um the uh spanish like where the the guy just lists a bunch of mexican food that one makes me laugh all the time yeah um let me ask you a question we're we're gonna go into skull monkeys right after this there is no better place to put this did you play earthworm jim i touched it didn't really play it okay no i was just curious because you know they're by the same guy right yep yeah i and i've always yeah. been curious to play earthworm gym but i don't know i think it's kind of been too long you know like i feel like i won't uh, appreciate it enough the way um, i should this uh don't not to worry this podcast is notorious for disliking earthworm gym okay it's not that <laughs> Don't, don't yeah, feel so, bad. I, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, you can say whatever you want about Earthworm Jim then, because I, I have no feelings whatsoever for it. 
I, I, I think I think it goes into like the charm of the game is the appeal. The gameplay is leaves a lot to be desired. But that that's not what we're here for today. Um, we are here. Actually, I I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Um, Neverhood is the uh, the game that came out before Skull Monkeys. It did. It is it is basically Skull Monkeys one. Mm-hmm. Um, does that have funny songs in it? Yes, it's composed by the exact same guy. I'd say it's funny in an atmospheric way. There's not really any lyrics um, that make the the song funny, but the whole like because it's a point and click adventure game, it's just the soundtrack being there just gives it like a you're like you're playing this clay guy on this alien planet. You'd think it'd be more like a little bit spooky, a little bit sciency, but no. Instead, you just got this guy blowing into a kazoo and playing the guitar, and you're like, okay, this is goofy. Like you know, this is goofy. And I will play uh, a song from Neverhood at this point. Okay. All right. So with that, we are going to go into Skull Monkeys. So Skull Monkeys is a game from 1998 for the Sony PlayStation. It was made by the developers at Neverhood and published by DreamWorks Interactive. I believe EA owns the publishing rights now. 
Um, Doug Tenaple, I think is how you pronounce his name, left Shiny Entertainment disillusioned after his outings with Earthworm Jim and made his own company, Neverhood Studios. Mm -hmm. There they made a claymation PC adventure game called Neverhood, mm -hmm. um, which we'll talk about a little bit more. I'm, I'm curious about it, but this is the sequel to that game. Yep. And we did not play the I didn't play the this that game. So who knows? So after the events of Neverhood, the evil bad guy Clog ends up on planet Idznak, where the primary denizens are creatures called skull monkeys. Yeah. Clog tricks the Clog <laughs> tricks the skull monkey. What? I'm just thinking about it. I just I've I always laugh at this, the sort of plot starter. It's just he fell out of the sky and he rips off the skin of a skull monkey. He's like. I'm king, baby. And then that's that's the game. It's like, there's your, and they, your bad guy. <laughs> that's the plot. <laughs> I knew immediately that was the bad guy. I didn't need to play the first one. I learned I learned so much so quickly. Um, Clog tricks the skull monkeys into constructing evil engine number nine with the intent to destroy the Neverhood planet. The hero from the first game, Clayman. Is it Clayman or like Clayman? Or like, how do you pronounce it? I think they say it as Clayman. Yeah. Clayman? Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like task, a it's like a name that you'd find, but yeah. Yeah. Is tasked by one skull monkey named, I'm pretty sure I wrote it right, Jario. I couldn't double check it. I was doing it from memory. Is it Jario? Honestly, I forget. I I know I like I know easily who you're talking about. I didn't know yet in it. Yes. There's like one there's like one specific skull monkey. He says it like once. I'm whatever. I'm pretty that's, sure it's Jario. That's his name. And, it's Jario. <laughs> it's whatever the fuck I want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> the gameplay involves a unique visual design with uh, stop motion claim models mm -hmm. and um, a, a keen eye for design. And, you know, I already said that. Whatever. Good job, past Brogan, writing this up. <laughs> Along with a really notable soundtrack by Terry Scott Taylor. Um it largely plays like Donkey Kong Country with unique power-ups and uh, unique segments to change the pace. But largely, it's a standard platformer. Um, yep. Mac, what did you think of this game? I love it. It's it's always going to be the one game where people say, like, what's your favorite game? And that's an impossible question. So I always just say Skull Monkeys. That's, that's what I'm always going to say because <clears throat> I'm not going to say that it's the best game in the world um, and give reasons as to why, because I know the reason why I love it so much is because of the time it came out and the history I have with the game. That's that's it. This is a satisfactory answer for me because I was going to come in and say I didn't like the game very much. Okay. In gameplay, specifically in gameplay, because I think the appeal of the game is very clear mm -hmm. in terms of cinematics, music, aesthetic, the art. It was gorgeous to look at. Yep. Um, when 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 we first started uh, planning for the episode, you talked about doing both Neverhood and Skull Monkeys. Yeah, and I was like, why don't we just do one? And then you chose Skull Monkeys. Pardon me, wishes I did Neverhood. Neverhood. Yeah, and I would love to talk about the Never Neverhood as well. But if I'm gonna come onto a podcast, a gaming podcast, and talk about one game, it, I think it definitely has to be Skull Monkeys. So, so can you tell me more about why then? I'm just curious. I want, I want to sit in the seat of Matt. Okay. Well, let's start with the history of like how I got it, because that's a really big, important reason as to why I love the game so much. So it was uh, a birthday of mine. When did this game come out, actually? Because that will help me. 1998. 
1998. How was I? I was... At least for America. I always write these for America. So, so I would have been about me. seven years old, and my dad bought it for me as a birthday gift. And it must have come out, like, around my birthday. But anyways, um, I don't know if that's true or not. But... My dad, like my mom was holding a, a bowling alley birthday party as you would when you're a 90s kid. And um, my dad came over uh, and just wanted to say happy birthday to me and then leave and give me the gift. And when I opened the gift, this game has an iconic looking uh, cover on it. It's one of those um, 3D covers. And the only part that's really 3D on the cover is the eyeball of the skull uh, on the monkey and you, it follows you. Like, it doesn't matter which way you look at it, that the eyes always looking at you. And I guess when I got it, I must've, I, I was so young. I, I must've been a little bit scared by that fact. Like it must've thrown me off a little bit. So I kind of put it down and I must've shown to my mom, like, Ooh, I'm scared of this. And my mom, I have a memory. This is so weird as to why this is my favorite game, but I have a memory of my dad and my mom, uh, th- who were already separated fighting because he got me that game. And because it like, she's like, it's, it's too terrifying. He's scared of it. Why would you get that for him? And I wasn't allowed to actually play it for a year, which is the, the most nuts thing it to me. And then when I actually like my dad had it and he's like, do you want to play this game now? Because I, I was playing, I must've been like, I want to play something. And dad's like, well, do you want to play skull monkeys? And I was like, Oh, I forgot that you got this for me. And I was like, yeah, of course. And my dad asked, are you, I, I thought you were scared of it. I said, no, this game looks absolutely amazing. So it must've been that I looked at it and I was just like, so enthralled with the cover that my mom mistaked it for absolute fear. But in theory, <laughs> you that, were in awe. I was in awe <laughs> of like, like this game looks amazing. I can't believe my dad picked like the perfect game. And so I played it and that is my memory. Like that is the introduction of this game to me, little, little Mac. So that is uh, one of the reasons as to why it will always sort of be one of my favorite games is just because it has this crazy ass memory attached to it. And obviously, it lived up to the hype that I had, anyways, with it. Um, I will say, in like, I don't want to say in defense of you, but like, this game is really challenging. Yep, it is. It's really challenging. Um, and I'm kind of proud of myself as a kid that I beat it. <laughs> I was dedicated. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could see, I could see, like, after this conversation, I was like, all right, he likes, he likes to, to be proud of his achievements. Skull Monkeys is like. I, I was I was um immediately overwhelmed because it's like it's like the Donkey Kong Country thing of if if you touch something you you die, you die yeah. basically and not um, even- <laughs> there there are ways around it but you know. and, and you don't even die like just like die like Clayman explodes <laughs> which is also great yeah. it's like everything he touches he's allergic to to an explosive amount <laughs> so I like that. Um, the game is really perfect. Uh, I think my dad knows that when I was growing up, I liked things like Wallace and Gromit and Clay Animated, that this would suit me. And I that's not something I've ever left alone. I love things that are um, stop motion animated. I think it's an art that is underappreciated and extremely, extremely time consuming. But the results, if done right, make in beautiful beautiful things like even today i'd love to see more games made 
uh, in the style. And I've always said to myself, if I took the time to make my own video game, I'm doing it like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what, what about stop motion do you feel like speaks to you? I think it's because, well, think about it when we were growing up because people were always, we were growing up in an age, or I should say I, uh, was growing up in an age where the CGI on things was trying to push its way into mass media and it looked terrible. Like it looked absolutely bloody terrible. And people tried to say like, good job. But in reality, it's like, why did you don't do this? Like, I know you have to do it to get further, but don't do it. And when I watch Wallace and Gromit and um, other things of that nature, I I know I did watch other things. I just can't think of anything but Wallace and Gromit. I always remember looking at it and being like, this is really, really lovely to look at. And this is creative and you could do so much with it. And like oftentimes people with um, tendencies to make like their works in stop motion would use the stop motion in its favor. Like um, for instance, I didn't watch a lot of this, but I did know that Gumby used the fact that like he was all like all of it was clay like a lot of clay elements came into uh, the humor into it because it's like I think you work with it so long that that's what you find funny it's kind of like this insanity of like having to do your art in this sort of format is like after a while you're like well the thing that makes me laugh now is clay <laughs> and so that's the sort of jokes you'd find in these sort of uh, animation styles like um, clay fighter on the N64 sort of did that too and uh, yep. I I played that game specifically, obviously, because it was a stop motion game. Not that it's a good one, but that's why I played it. <laughs> no, but that makes sense. And like to me, to me, like the the appeal of um, stop motion is like it's the sort of animation that feels tangible and mm-hmm. it feels real. Yeah. Even even when it's clay, that that clay is physically there. You know what I mean? So like it, it pops in a way that a drawing uh, almost can't. Um, and like you do see like when, when you said like the examples of the animation for the clay moving around and stuff that manifests in Skull Monkeys um, specifically during the cutscenes um, the most. When you see like Clayman, like I remember him sticking his hand in the hole and like j- like doing just a bunch of wacky stuff. He he's very elastic. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, it's a really, it's really entertaining to watch him move. Yeah, it is really entertaining. And I like that he's a silent protagonist to the most part. Like, like I'd say Link is, you know, Link makes his grunts and stuff like that. Um, but he, he's designed in a way where you look at him and you, he's just kind of like, I had clay, like spare clay around and I made this guy. And that, that's the best yes. representation of a clay person that I think is out there. And that's why I think Clayman is like one of the best clay guys we'll ever get in video game or even cinema, because he's just the epitome of like, look, I made this guy and <laughs> with clay. And it's like, yep, that, yeah, you did that. And it's a good design. I like his little three little dots on his chest. Um, I like everything about him. I like that. He farts from his hair. He, he reminds <laughs> I like I like the one scene where he eats the thing and Jario I'm, again I'm calling him Jario tells him not to eat the thing or else he'll like <laughs> yeah. get a rash and then he starts getting uh it's cute. <laughs> well why would you send uh, it to him like think you send me a letter attached to a potato of course I'm gonna eat the potato while I read the letter of course <laughs> this is perfect logic uh, um. 
the the game I think manifested the best when I wasn't platforming <laughs> for the platformer. When I was soaking in the sights, for instance, like the backgrounds are really awesome and it it would get in the way sometimes of precision platforming because you have to be precise in this game sometimes. Mm -hmm. So like there's an entire like area where it's dark, like Donkey Kong country returns and you go by silhouettes and I couldn't see Jack shit. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. Those are cool. Those are some of the hardest parts. How far did you get in the game? If you don't mind me asking, I, I I beat it, but uh, spoiler alert, you can take, you can take home the uh, the Mac trophy. I save stated this bitch. That's fine. So. Honestly, and there's pre-save state in this game, technically speaking, because every level is attached to a code. So you could just code it, yep. too. I, would, I didn't do that. But, yeah. <laughs> I used to write down the codes. So sometimes there was other levels uh, I wanted to play more than others. And so I would just pick and choose which ones I wanted to play. I, I like, I like, I miss codes. Because, like, I I'm I, I am confused because 1998 is already when PlayStation supported memory cards, so I was surprised this game didn't do memory card stuff. But yeah, yeah, you're right about yeah. that. I think possibly it just didn't need it, you know, because it was a platformer yeah. and you weren't really concerned about what you had in your inventory, so it was just like, eh, why why bother? And it was probably just less they had to code, right? So. Yeah, um, I do think in, <laughs> it's going to sound weird. It's not like an adventure game where inventory matters, but inventory matters to me because like <laughs> the different power ups you have in this game were what saved me a lot of times. Yeah. I had to like plan for like because you you've basically got like a shot. You've got like a fart decoy like doppelganger thing. Yeah, the fart decoy um, is really useful. Uh, I might as well, we might as well talk about all the different abilities you could do in this game, but the fart decoy is one I use the most because it's perfect for the simple fact that you don't have to worry about dying. You can kind of have your own save state. It's like, I'm going to do it right here. And if I die, I know I'm going to come back to the spot. And if you get past the hard thing that you're struggling with so much, you all of a sudden your fart self turns into the real self. So. Yeah. And, uh, there's also, I think it was called a universe enema. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which you basically like hulk up and it's like a screen wipe basically. And yeah. there's another one. I'm guessing this is in continuity from Neverhood. Uh, it's like a yellow guy and he collects items on the screen for you. Yes, that is, that's... Uh, one of the more useful ones if you're just playing it kind of like casually. Um, otherwise, if you're trying to do like a speed run or anything like that, then it's not um, not the best item that you'd ever look forward to. I can't remember what his name is. I know he has a name, but I can never remember what it was. Um, I wish I could. Dario. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. I'm going crazy here. Uh, no, there's also like, um, am I forgetting one? I didn't write. I didn't oh, write down well, the power ups. The blast. The blast mechanic uh, is the most useful one, and then there's the hamsters yes. that technically are one. Oh yes, the, it's like a shield mm-hmm. of like three hamsters that go around, yeah. and that also has a really good cinematic to it. It does. It's really good cinematic to it. I I think what you said earlier, the fact that everything looks amazing in this game, still holds up to today. Everything does look so good in this game. I love it. Uh, even even when they splice like some of the bosses with real life imagery 
it oh my gosh when they have the face yeah there's there's a boss in this game that has like a face for like its body like a real human picture face it's crazy uh it reminds me of japanese games it was one of the um yeah it does i i think that's why i loved it so much but i was just gonna say i think the face was a developer and they i don't even know if he would either way i know he was a developer and they just put it put him in the game for no reason yes it it, it, it's funny and it works um and i think that's like where skull monkeys really shines is like when the humor pops out or it's or it's a personal voice charm i think in the terms of the actual platforming it's it's nothing like crazy special even like the unique stages where you're in like a little like top down not top down but like you know you're in like the ship thing or mm-hmm. you're like riding on something they're they're okay diversions because i think this game does need um variety especially near the end because near the end it just gets really hard yeah <laughs> and i won't I, I i won't argue that this game is perfect by any means there's actually parts of the game when i come back to it like i absolutely loathe when i get to the uh bug stages because those are hard as yeah. heck and they go too long it overstays its welcome uh the soundtrack is like even though it's good um it's just it's definitely on those levels it's just like the game knew those levels were just not the best ones and put all the worst stuff in it and i i hate that fact (laughs) yeah yeah um well like it also speaks to the fact like you're gonna die a lot in this game Mm -hmm. and when you die a lot the songs the songs are good it's just it starts to get repetitive and then yeah the the bug insect stuff doesn't doesn't hold very well on my 30th life no you know what i mean yeah it's the bug insect things i know that it's like the levels are called like st something or something something like that but those bug things the thing that annoys me with that level is the sound effects attached to the bugs oh my god they drive you insane after a while yeah um you know when we talk you said the silent protagonist thing i do like his grunts clayman's grunts because like he'll there's an energy to him. In in general, Clayman has like an energy and a bounce mm-hmm. to him. Like his dash is like a nice little cartoon. Oh, I run. love that. Yeah. And then like when he jumps or like, and he like busts a skull monkey, he's like, or like shit like that. It's like, like an it's like an explosion mixed with a trampoline when you hit it. And then if you hit three of them in the row, row you get your little like little sound effect. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Um. And then like the skull monkeys themselves. They have like a generic ape sound effect. I can't be mad. It's a skull monkey. But like they sort of it was hard for me to read the generic skull monkeys uh, attack pattern at first. Because like they sort of just like frenzy around a little bit. They're so uh, perfect at being like what they're advertised at. Because you're right. They because they'll have their little moments of like just calm. And then all of a sudden they just like dash at you, which is very monkey like, you know, Um Yes. Even though I've never been chased by a monkey, but I imagine that's what it's like. Uh, and then the one thing... N- not chased by a monkey yet, you know? <laughs> You've got a long life ahead of you at 30. That's true. Uh, we, have a, we have this family pass for one of the local, like, bird sanctuaries here. And for some reason, they have monkeys there. So I'm waiting for one of those monkeys to hit oh. me. <laughs> Why do you put monkeys in a bird sanctuary? Uh, they, they got... Other... For the sole purpose of chasing Mac, I guess. They're little um, spider monkeys. <laughs> I like them. Oh, those aren't so Yeah, they're not so bad. And they got howler monkeys there too, but they're caged. Like, they've got a big enclosure, but yeah, they're behind bars. Yeah. Um, I'm already running out of 
things to say. Oh, I've got uh, a lot more this, to say. So one, oh, go ahead, I was just going to say. Ahead. You take the seat. I'm, I'm going to sit in the back. <laughs> well, actually, one thing I wanted to argue with you about, just not argue, but like get your perspective on, is you said you don't necessarily like this game. Um, but I would, and you said that the platforming is really difficult, but a lot of games back then being made, like platforming was getting a better handle of like how to do a good platformer. Um, but you still had games that were just like, this platformer absolutely sucks. The I, Everything feels wrong. The coding is just terrible. The Skull Monkeys game, I would argue, has really, really, really good feel. And um, even though it's difficult, it's kind of skill-based as well because you can move yourself in the air. There's a weight to when you land on things. And there's even coding for like uh gravity like if you time your jumps right on one of the platforms that's lifting up and down like you can boost your jump which helps a lot um i don't think when i when i criticize the game like that i don't think i'm criticizing the polish because i do think this game is polished i think and especially how he moves i think movement is satisfying but that's not necessarily like the end all be all i think i think I think the thing I the thing I cited was my actual core complaint, which was the backgrounds, while pretty to look at, sort of made things difficult uh, occasionally for measuring distances. Yeah, does yeah that, that does sense? make sense. Sorry, yeah, and then there you get that a lot too when you're playing like the cloud levels and the snow levels because it's just too yes. much of the same color, not enough. Like, uh, like, can I jump on this? Can I not jump on this? Because everything's used with the same material. Um, as opposed to when you're playing on like uh, a game made out of uh, computer generated art, most of the time they'll kind of like outline it a bit more. But in this case, yes, it just all looks the same. No, so I will give that to you. <laughs> yeah, that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like a debate. This, this is like if this is your favorite game. This is oh no, 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 no. I mean, uh, this is my favorite game, but I will definitely like say there are things that I don't like about the game. But one of the things. Well, well, let me ask. Go on. You. No, go, go on. Sorry. I, I I was so curious. Um, what's special about Neverhood? I was very curious about like, should, did I fuck up? Should I have chosen Neverhood in my well, heart? Like that's that's what I was wondering. I played this first, so obviously I'm always like Skull Monkeys the most. But if you ask me, like just yes. straight up, what is the better game without any attachments to it? Yeah, the Neverhood's better because it works. Is that why it works better as a point and click the whole like world and universe that he's made? Um, the skull monkey stuff works great for the platforming, but there's no skull monkeys in the neighborhood. So, uh, you playing in this clay, like spacey planet, um, just trying to figure out these puzzles with the very nice uh soundtrack made by Terry Scott, like it just works on a level that. A lot of people still fondly remember, and so much so that people backed a sequel to the Neverhood. Well, sort of a sequel, like um, uh, the Armacrog game. I don't know if you've even heard of it. I was I was about to ask about Armacrog. Mm. Then, like, does that sound interesting to you because it's an adventure game? Like, does that turn you off? Well, or- I, I played Armacrog. It, it's a point and click as well. Um, I I played Armacrog and. I backed it on uh, Kickstarter because it was all the original guys and Terry Scott was doing the soundtrack and it sounded amazing. It didn't all like everything. It just didn't, didn't work. Like, and I don't know why it didn't work. I I'd have to say it's because 
almost kind of like the ukulele stuff where I actually think ukulele turned out well enough um, and it could have been worse, but it's that sort of like the creators get this idea. Like I have to meet their expectations so much that all of a sudden they've missed their own point, you know, like why the game was so great. Um, And it just didn't work in that uh, aspect. And I think the biggest thing is the fact that, for some reason they made the main characters have voices and it's like it i i honestly think it took away way too much from what the charm was for the first game because it's everything was a mystery like every single thing in the neverhood it was just like i don't understand this world but i have to to do the puzzle and then when you had the characters talk and kind of like almost give you hints you're just like oh okay well, i i don't like this anymore yeah that's fair that's fair um I'm I'm curious about Armor Krog and Neverhood now, but back to Skull Monkeys here. We're we're, we're gonna jump back to it. Um, did you did you play it in prep for this, or did you just like in in your mind go like I've memorized this game for eternity? I could just talk about it. I have you. memorized this game basically front to back. Um, I did play a bit of it over an emulator. I unfortunately my actual yeah. copy of the game is back with my brother in Canada. But um, uh, what was I going to say? I So I, I played a bit of it on emulator and I also watched who holds the record of the speed run on this game, which I was curious about. How does the speed run of this It look? looks kind of like the game's really easy. <laughs> that's So like almost every speed run. But that's a good thing, right? Like the guy's good. Yeah, the guy's good, but I a part of me kind of wants to break his record a little bit. That's the competitive Mac coming yeah. in. And he, he dies a couple times. Do it. And it makes me go like, if I could, maybe. <laughs> maybe I could hold the record for this. But yeah. <laughs> so that was my prep for, for talking about this game as I rewatched it and all that stuff. But I also rewatched just by themselves the cinematics because that is some of the stuff I would say is probably almost the best part of this game is the cinematics in this game are great. I- uh, yeah, I I was I was playing to see the next cinematic, mm-hmm. um, so I I one hundred percent agree with that, and like and that's where the that's where the charm like really shines. Yeah, so, it really does. Um, and honestly, if the game were to be better, in in an opinion, like it's easily achievable, I would just want more cinematics. Like almost every time the world changed, give me another cinematic. That's that's exactly what I would love. I yeah. I agree. There's, I don't think there's enough no. of them, um, and especially since like a lot of them are front loaded at the start, so like the middle section starts to like not have as many. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, and and then when you yeah, actually get but, to the cinematics, like there's a point when they they become so sparse that you you kind of forget that they're there, and then you get them again. And you're like, oh yeah, I get this awesome animation for all this hard work <laughs> I had to do, um, but. It's not often that you you really say that with a video game, is it? That you'd appreciate to have more um, cinematics in a game. This is one of the few games where you could easily say, "I want more of this." Yep, I I I agree with that, and that's also impressive for 1998. Because mm-hmm. um, like by that point, like because I think like old back in the day, good cut scenes were like were like a thing where it's like, "Oh, I gotta see what happens next." I think Skull Monkeys remains that into 2022. Yeah. So that is uh, good stuff for that. This game, I'm, I'm going to say now just because I remembered, but this game was actually supposed to have a sequel. Um, so I don't think when it came out, it wasn't like extremely successful. It was su- successful enough, but obviously not enough for the company to be like, we got to do another one. 
But one place that made them think like, oh, maybe we should be making another one is uh, apparently it did really well in Japan. Yes, I could see that. I can 100% yeah. see and that. And so they considered it. They, I think they they even talked about like different plot lines, um, but it didn't like uh, obviously it just never went anywhere, yep. which I makes me sad because I would honestly love to have another one of these games. I don't know if it would be as good, but I think it would be fun. Um, yeah, and then uh, this game ends with a musical number. <laughs> yeah, with Pog being yeah. dead, everybody's super happy that he's dead. <laughs> good Fuck yeah you get the singing monkey at the end and then that's it and then all of a sudden everybody at the end is like oh thank god this guy died you know and we don't have to be these like uh monsters that I, we've been portrayed as but but to be fair jario is like the smartest thing in yeah this and he game. doesn't do anything about it which i always find quite weird he does he gets you it was kind of impressive <laughs> yeah to get he makes a machine that literally gets you regardless of your sandwich uh you get got i mean that's a good enough achievement i'm not gonna criticize jario <laughs> jario did a really really good job with the ending <laughs> did you have any other thoughts honestly i could just keep going on with different things here and there but not too much uh what else you got i was just gonna talk about the soundtrack more because this is one of my favorite games to ever yes. have the best soundtrack. oh you know what we didn't talk about we fucked up the 70s level. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I didn't get it, but I looked it up and it looks super Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, well, how much of the bonus levels did you do? I played I played like one or two of them. I, and then I specifically then listened to the bonus song by itself. After. Well, I don't. Um, it was it, it was kind of hard to get the bonus things because uh, you have to get three in an area. And then when you, once you go to a new area the counter resets so sometimes i would just never hit the bonus thing yeah yeah uh, uh, the also not to mention the bonus levels didn't work um specific like i love the bonus soundtrack and they're fun to like get a lot of resources and stuff like that but they're also too long like they're often too big like it, it mario does it the best where it's just like this is a little place filled with crap get it get out but the one in um yep. skull monkeys sometimes they're really long and you just have to go through all of them and you're just like okay i just want to get out so i can keep going um and for that reason almost i i avoid them now just because it just it's too much time yeah yeah it was it was basically cute to get extra lives and then the song, listen yeah. to the song and then i was like i'm already safe stating i'm all <laughs> i've already accepted that the lives are meaningless yeah. to me uh yeah, but but then the '70s level, I, I also wasn't able to get all the '70s pieces. I don't know how I missed them along the way. There's only three in the game, and then you get a secret level, and it's basically got trippy stuff to it. Um, it looks yeah, cool. Uh, I don't know. Uh, would recommend anyone. I look it up. I honestly have played this game a billion times, and I've only um done that like a maybe two times. Yeah, that's how much you don't really aim for it, but it is really cool. Um. Oh, 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 and there's another thing to mention that, you you know, this game does offer choices for you to uh, engage in different ways. So, like, there's red bubbles at the end of stages sometimes, and that allows you to choose a harder stage in case you were like, this game's too easy for me. I'm mad. <laughs> I, um, yeah. Um, I didn't know what they were at first. I had to look it up. I was like, oh, 
I've made and we didn't even mistake. talk about the biggest thing is the currency. Well, you assume is the currency also the food supply in the game, which is just these sort of delicious looking clay uh, circles that you collect. And you get a hundred of them and you get an extra life. Yeah, but I just kind of wanted to talk about the fact that I always wanted to eat one. And even now I still want to try. Do you just like stop motion clay because you want to eat it? <laughs> no, no, because I don't want to eat Wallace and Gromit. But I do want to eat those those uh, circles. They look really tasty, and uh, they kind of make me think of like peaches. That's I guess they probably taste terrible, but that's what I think. I know, uh, dear dear listener. Here's a disclaimer: <laughs> Do not eat clay balls. I mean, you could you could eat a clay ball. It's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just just try it. We ain't getting sued on this cast. <laughs> if, there's one, if there's one thing harder than a video game, it's a lawyer. So you know what I'm saying? I'll make him beat skull monkeys and you'll know he's a good lawyer. Oh, there you go. Um, then, yeah, I, I've said everything I needed to say. I, I, I even said the goofy stuff. So, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, this, as a conclusion, this game is always going to be like one of my favorite games because that's how a favorite game should be. It shouldn't be picked based upon like because it's good and these are why it's perfect. It should be because I played it one day when I was a kid and it's a memory I'm always going to have. And also it helps if the game's actually good, but yeah. <laughs> I 100% agree with you. Um, no, no. It, what matters more is that the game, the game affected you in some yes. way and it was an experience. Yeah. Um, instead of a thing of like, oh, what will people think of me after I say the answer? Those, yeah, well, those are the ones that don't care. Unless you're a guy who says my ga- favorite game is Glover for the N64. Then, nah, man. Nope. You're not. Nope. <laughs> Croc, <laughs> Legend of the Gobos. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played that game, the Glover? I owned it. It's one of those games where I owned it was in my game library as a kid, and I vaguely remember it. But I must have only played like the first forty minutes of it. It's so hard. You're talking about hard games. Oh my god, Glover! <laughs> Holy crap! That game oh was gosh. notoriously just crazy hard. Games with balls, honestly, were hard back then. Do you want to eat the Glover ball? No. I'm I wondering don't. if you just have like an eating fascination <laughs> with spheres. I don't want to eat the Glover ball because it reminds me of the Pixar ball. I like um in Skull Monkeys the the well, I didn't say this and I want to say this is the checkpoints are like little bird, like metal bird boxes and when you jump on it it like makes a noise and then like you can just keep jumping on it after you've activated the checkpoint. It's just really satisfying. There's lots of satisfying things in this game. That I would say a lot of satisfying like hit sounds, a lot of satisfying um, sort of like the way things make your character feel or even like even if you idle for a bit, there's really cool idle animations that your character does too. It, but, it, but the good news is it's time for plugs. Okay, yeah. Let's plug, plug tell, away. Tell me about your podcast. Well, we do uh, critically optimistic movie reviews. Um, I'm joined with my co-host Janko, uh, and we create double features based off of really interesting and cool themes. Um, oftentimes they're really fine detailed, like our killer cars one, where we take two films about, uh, killer cars, obviously, and they were both written by Stephen King. And, uh, they got that really strong tie of like, why did Stephen King have such a fascination with people getting run over by cars that aren't driven by anyone? So, Are you talking about Christine and Maximum Overdrive? Yeah, I am. Yeah, 
rock and rock and roll. Um, and I, the, the latest one you just did was on cannibalism. Correct? Yeah, we found that there's quite a few films out there that have nothing to do with cannibalism, but then they decide to end their film on cannibalism, which is quite interesting within itself. Uh, it's almost like an uh, uh, artistic interpretation of like, this is the character getting over what they have to uh, conquer and what better way of getting over it by consuming it. So Okay. All right. That's... I, I don't have any other context other than that, so I'll, I'll just <laughs> nod my head like, sure, I guess eating people does that, yeah. It's a it's a really <laughs> crazy way of ending a film, but it, it has his symbolic gesture there, which no one can really deny. I'm sure. Yeah. If I, if I devour you at the end of this podcast, is that a symbolic gesture? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I'll turn into one of those little okay. balls and then you can eat them. Um, but I will I will say this. The last thing is our new episode is going to be on um, the video nasties, and we're going to pick two films from there. Uh, we're doing The Last House on the Left, and I can't remember the other one, but it stars the same guy, and it's also a film like The Fifth House on the Right or something like that. I, I, I can't remember the title, sorry. <laughs> but that that's the theme going into it. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Um, all right. It's time for the plugs that Murph normally does, but I must do. So Steven and Jack do Stacks, um, and they do a bunch of other podcasts within that umbrella of Stacks. Stacks is the duo. Um, so they do like Office Hours and Kino Thanks. Um, you know, Office Hours is the one I always point to because that's the one where they talk about anything that really comes to their minds. Um, they, they talk about video games on there. They talk about TV shows, talk about all that stuff. Um, otherwise, Steven also has a bunch of casts. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of spoiling things with uh, Vaughn. Um, and we're going to have Vaughn as a guest later on. And we're going to be I don't I don't know the next episode. But eventually we're going to do an episode with Vaughn on Link to the Past. So that's going to be super exciting. Um, but anyways, I'm thinking of Spoiling Things is a hot button film cast uh, that does new releases. Sometimes they do TV shows because I think the re most recent one they did was on uh, the, you know, the fucking, the rehearsal. They're, they're, they're doing like a riff on the rehearsal. Okay. And Steven has had this elaborate, I'm not going to spoil anything for I'm thinking of spoiling things, but he's got like a whole thing going on. Mm -hmm. So I would highly recommend anyone watch, listen to it because it's high effort. Um, Steven also does notes from the author where he interviews uh, different letterboxed critics. Mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of to give an insight into unique voices. Um, Calvin and Kevin do 808s and pod breaks where they explore contemporary and classic hip-hop, dissecting albums and artists. Um, Twin Geeks is the, and obviously the site's premier podcast, where David and Cal team up to go through different director filmographies. Um, they're doing Robert Altman, um, and they've been doing it for weeks and weeks. And uh, I think now they're starting to, they're starting to feel the, the girth of uh, a filmography if you know what i mean yeah so, we'll <laughs> I see think, how it yeah. goes <laughs> poor poor calvin yeah um a anything you want to say before we go because it's about to fade out uh no just thank you very much for having me on the show uh it was really great doing this i, I loved it this was a lot of fun i agree this, man these are fun uh 100 it's like playing a video game and uh, we're, we're playing out now. Thanks for thanks for being here. This was this was great. Woo! Okay. Stop.
good job. This is Brogan at the end of the Daydreamcast to just uh, state out loud. Um, there, there was like a little bit of a section we cut out um, over one thing. It's not super important, but I did want to carry one thing over from it, which is the fact that Doug to Naple um, is a conservative and he has um, some very bad opinions regarding many things. But the primary things that I've been exposed to were uh, vaccination takes, Black Lives Matter takes, and transphobic takes. And Doug Tenaple, again, is the main person behind Earthworm Jim and Skull Monkeys. And it's not that, like, Mac disagreed with me or anything. The conversation just didn't, like, it didn't gel with the rest of the episode. So I'm sticking this bit at the end here to sort of... uh, so, so that way the sentiment remains and everyone knows uh, this podcast stance and my stance on it and um, and more so uh, not change the direction of what the episode was. Does that make sense? All right. Thank you, everybody. And I'll see you next time.